the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. So, today marks the 32nd anniversary of Hometown Radio. Uh, certainly not a big deal, but nor do I ever want to take this gig for granted. So allow me a minute, please. As always, I acknowledge my thank you list. I say thank you to the original gang of four who thought way back in late 1991 that maybe, just maybe, I could pull this off. That would include Frank Sheehan and Dave and Maggie Cox and especially Charlotte Alexander. My thanks to the gang of five, the five folks who have worked with me side by side since we came over in 2000. That would be Tom Matson. And Matt Donovan and Marty Hall and Joe Bowman and, of course, Craig Hill. Craig's been with me now for about eight years. Thanks to American General Media, Kathy Signorelli and Pepper Daniels for always supporting me, even when they don't necessarily want to. Uh, thanks to all of our advertisers and sponsors. Too many to list, but we've got John and Rene Lynn and John Spencer and Lindsay Harn and Jeff Stolberg and Charmaine Peterson. So great to have Tom Costa back from Peak Wi-Fi. I appreciate you putting your faith and your funding in this show. Thanks, as always, to the regulars, folks who always seem to be available at the last minute when I make the desperate call for needing a guest. And finally, thanks to you. Some of you have been with me from the very beginning. Others are just uh, tuning in occasionally. I am particularly grateful that you seem to recognize that my audience covers a wide political spectrum. And we have people across the board who listen and support this show. I am grateful for that. So off we go and on we go until either American General Media or my body says stop. It's a gift to find the job, a gift to find the career you were meant to do. And I am beyond grateful on this Monday, January 8th, 2024. When it's not always raining, there'll be days like this. When there's no one complaining, there'll be days like this. Everything falls into place like the flick of a switch. Well, my mama told me there'll be days like this. Good to be with you as we begin another edition, another week of Hometown Radio. I'm Dave Congleton. We're with you all the way till 7 o'clock. On this broadcast today, this show's so darn good, I might even be listening to some of it. At 4.05, Jeanette Trumpeter looks back on her career in TV news. We'll talk about TV news then. We'll talk about what's happening with local TV news now. Special guest at 5.05, Rini Lynn is coming in. This has been a year in the making I believe John's going to come with her as well. Let's talk about pies. Let's talk about the remarkable journey that these two folks have had. At 6.05, Bill Ostrander explains why good economic numbers lately are not necessarily translating into good poll numbers for President Biden. It is a Dave Congleton show, always your hometown radio talk show. First up, it has been far too long 
You've been at your job half of what I've been here. 16 years. Can you believe it? When I first walked into your office and those old offices and and I I sat down, I was super nervous, wore a bow tie. tie. Yeah, that's when I was still really actively trying to fool people. I'm not doing that anymore. But I was I was really nervous coming to your place. They're like, oh, you're going to go see Dave. Be careful. He's a curmudgeon, but he's really nice once you get to know him. Is that what they said? They did. I mean, people are still saying that. I know. You realize. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And it seemed to go it, it seemed to go well. And now I think, you know, I was I was doing some quick math and looking back on the calendar. I think I've I've been on here about 25, 30 times easily. Yeah. And you got to come on another 25, 30. You're yeah. one of my favorite guests. It's my pleasure. So I mean, what were your first impressions of me? You were very personable. I think people okay. gave me some some bad information. I, I thought you were messing with me at the beginning. You were so friendly. I thought it was some sort of trick. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come and on then, in. Come on right, in. Have a seat. Uh, I did. I, I I do remember you telling me that I was fidgeting in my chair too much, and I and I looked like uh, that I was too cool for school. But it was just because I was nervous. We well, had that bow tie. Yeah. Yeah. Again, not enough blood going to my brain at that time, but. Hmm. So much to talk about, but I need to hear about your recent trip to New York City and yeah. your tour of Broadway. Oh, it was. This was my first time back in the city for any extended period of time. I went to undergrad there, and I had been back since 1996. So it had been years what took and so years. Long? Just, just too busy. You okay. know? And, yeah. and, you know, to be honest, New York is not a very fun place to go if you have zero dollars. Yeah. So this is the very first time <laughs> that I've ever been in New York. I'm, I'm not Mr. Moneybags. I'm not the Monopoly man by any stretch of the yeah. imagination. But okay. at least I had some money this time. So it, it really makes a huge difference. And so uh, Susie Newman and I went back there for a week. It was a combination work and, and, and leisure trip. And we saw a ton of theater. So do you block out all that in advance, the shows you want to see, or do you go look for the deals? You know, we uh, we blocked out at least one show uh, a night, a day that we were there, so that we knew we were guaranteed to see one show, and then we'd take our chances for the matinees or the other slots, and we were able to to see a show in every single slot, so we ended up seeing about ten shows. Ten shows? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was a real whirlwind. Got to talk to a lot of uh, different artistic directors, talk about what's been going on in theater in the last three, four years nationally since COVID. And uh, it was a very, very enlightening trip. Is there one that stands out of the 10 plays? Certainly. I think as far as as far as far standard sort of traditional musicals that are on Broadway, uh, I saw a show called Kimberly Akimbo, which is um, a musical based on a play by David Lindsay Abrere. And we'd actually produced the play at, at Slow Rap about five, six years ago as a staged reading. And it was one of the most heartwarming special musicals I've ever seen in my life. I highly recommend it. It's going to be playing for, for many years. It won the, the Tony for Best Musical last year. So it's going to be there for a couple of years. But if you're ever in New York, check it out. Out. I know it's a funny name, it's a funny pre- premise, but Repeat you'll absolutely the name again. love it. Kimberly Akimbo. Okay. And I think the most unique play that we saw is a play that's actually closing after 10 years uh, this this March. And so we were very lucky to get in. And it's uh, an immersive theater experience called Sleep No More. And it's on... Uh, the entire conceit of the piece is it's it's way out by Hudson Yards. It's in an old warehouse, and you walk into ostensibly what's called the McKittrick Hotel, and you have to put on a mask, and they take your cell phone, and you're not allowed to talk when you're in there. And the entire theatrical experience is five stories, about 25,000 square feet of hundreds of different rooms and sets, and you just wander around trying to piece the story together. Wow. And yeah, it, wow. it, it, it's very spooky. I was I was very 
very concerned that something was going to jump out because I don't I don't do well in haunted houses and it was very dark. And so Susie and I stuck together, which was not not recommended by the producers of the play. It's supposed to be a a, a solitary experience. Um, but we ended up spending about four hours in there, and and every once in a while, actors will come out and begin dancing or having some sort of uh, silent scene, and then you're able to to just follow these actors to any part of the hotel that you want. And then at the end of you know three or four hours, you you meet down with your with the rest of your party in the in this jazz club that they have, and you all talk about the experience that you had and what you saw. It was really wonderful. How cool is that? Yeah, mm. I'll tell you though. By the end of three and a half hours, I was like, I, I kind of liked it when theater comes to you. You know, <laughs> going up and down stairs, and you know, I was always worried about you know missing out on the best parts, so we just stuck around. You, are there any that you would say uh, save your money? Were you disappointed you know, at we all? Got, we got we were really lucky. Out of the ten that we saw, there there wasn't one one stinker in, in the bunch, uh, which is which is unusual for a, for a slate of plays like that. I would say the biggest disappointment is, you know, for monetary reasons and for an inside joke in in my family that we refuse to let go. My kids and I um, always go to if we're ever next to a Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. We'll always travel to to go eat there just because it's one of the worst places on earth. <laughs> and this is a joke that's been going on for years. We just we just hate it so much. We can't believe that it exists. The nachos are so high. The drinks are seventeen dollars, and they light up, and everything is just garish and obnoxious, and just the worst common denominator of humanity is it worse than hooters it's worse than hooters okay. hooters is consistent and you know you know what you're getting when you get in there jimmy buffett is is his music is fine but yeah. we we made the mistake of of staying at the jimmy buffett's margaritaville resort oh you would you did the whole resort uh, we did the whole resort off of Times square and i said this is going to be the pinnacle of this 10-year joke <laughs> we're going to finally make it happen and oh it was such a dump the food was terrible. Every time you step into the elevator, they're blaring Jimmy Buffett songs, which is funny the first couple nights you're there. Yeah. But then on day five or six, you walk into the elevator and it seems like you're losing your mind. It's Groundhog Day. And, and unfortunately, they have four elevators, 57-story hotel. On day two of our stay there, three out of the four elevators broke. I'm going. For four days. I'm there, baby. We were staying on floor 27 in order to get to the lobby, unless you wanted to walk down 27 floors. And Lord knows we weren't walking up 27 floors. It was a 45-minute wait. So you felt like you were trapped there as well, that you couldn't leave. And just the Jimmy Buffett on repeat, it was uh, it was a real nightmare. <laughs> It's a real nightmare. So, did the one in New York live up to expectations? No, it was it was awful. As soon as we as soon as we walked in, there's a twelve foot tall flip flop, and we went, "Oh no, who is this Joe Con? How did this happen?" Uh, we 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 tried to drink enough to to have a good time, but you can only do that so much. We're in conversation with Kevin Harrison, Slow Repertory Theater, just back from New York. We're just chatting. Kevin's been a very special part of this broadcast for the last uh, 16 years. We're just chatting. More to come right here on Hometown Radio. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars up above in your eyes. Tomorrow on Hometown Radio, we will uh, talk with uh, Lisa Guy, Lisa Gay, excuse me, about her brand new book. Uh, Molly Clark checks in from Cal Poly Arts and special show I, at five. I don't know if you're aware, but we lost Sonny DeGroote, 
Mrs. Groot passed away recently, and she was such a driving force in this community on so many levels. Dr. Steve Sainsbury, Dr. Renee Bravo, and Sonny's daughter, Wendy, will join us during the 5 o'clock hour to pay tribute. Michelle Dostere on Wednesday. We are busy. It's the Dave Congleton Show, always your hometown radio talk show. Back with the one, the only Kevin Harris from Slow Repertory Theater, where you have been quite busy as well. Yeah, we had a great, uh, great beginning of our twenty three twenty four season. Had a nice little break after a Christmas story, and I just want to give a shout out to our community. This was the tenth production, the tenth year that we've done a Christmas story at Slow Rep, and this year not only was it one of our best productions, we decided to extend the run of it from four weeks to eight weeks. Thirty three different performances of it and the community came out and supported us and we had our most successful production of a christmas story in a decade so we're going for 11 going for 11 <laughs> if, if you if you produce it they will come yeah. yes well you, we got to keep seth off the streets <laughs> absolutely <laughs> uh now boy, uh, a couple things i want to mention first let's uh, give a shout out you mentioned Susie newman yeah uh, in march she takes the stage. Yeah, we're very excited. We were one of the few uh, theaters in California to get the uh, the rights, the performance rights to Heidi Schreck's amazing play, What the Constitution Means to Me. It's a Broadway hit. It's on Amazon uh, Prime right now. It was a huge, huge hit. Very, very important play. Very exclusive play. And we couldn't be prouder to present it at Slow Rep in March, starring Susie Newman. Um, it's just a great play about... Um, about the author, Heidi Schreck, in order to put herself through college, she participated in these uh, contests at service organizations in order to talk about what the Constitution meant to her in order to, to, to get scholarship money. And she did this for three years and basically paid her way through college. And it's about her wow. as a, as a 40, 45-year-old now, looking back on her 15-year-old self and, and everything she said um, about the Constitution and what it meant to her as a 15-year-old and, and, and seeing what's happened over the last 30 years but it's really a, a, a celebration of of the document and an indictment of the document you know there uh there are obviously some amendments that came up and it's it's a it's a evolving breathing document so really quite a miracle that 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 it exists and uh, it's a one woman show it's uh there are a couple of other uh, uh cast members in it but it's mostly a one person show and the entire second well third third of the show the last section of the show is a debate on stage between Susie Newman and a 15 year old from our community and we have a remarkable uh, young black actress coming in and they flip a coin uh, to to debate whether the Constitution should be abolished or if we should keep it. And they have a live debate on stage with the with the audience's questions. You want to boost your attendance? How's that? I, I, I can get you Gordon Mullen. <laughs> <That's so laughs> right. Gordon will show up. He'll debate. Susie. Maybe maybe one <laughs> no, night. There you go. Yeah, that would be that would be Susie, incredible. there's been a last minute change, but but don't panic. Oh, Gordon, you are good radio, my friend. You are good radio. <laughs> um, you know the, remember the dates off the top of your head? Uh yeah, the, what the Constitution means to me opens on March 29th, plays for three weekends only through April 14th. But tickets are on sale now. You can just go on our website, read more about the show. We have some materials about the show up there as well, and uh, you can get your tickets. It's instantly online at slowrep.org. In general, how are things going at Slow Rep, Kevin? Audiences are, are coming back. You know, it's a nationwide trend that, that after COVID, 
you know, theaters on average lost over 50% of their subscription audiences and uh, about 30 to 40% of their single tickets. And what we've found, which is not, uh, not unusual in, in, in the, the, the trend across the nation, is we lost about 50% of our subscribers, went down to from 1,000 to 500 subscribers right after COVID. Uh, we've built that back up to about 650, 700 subscribers. But our single ticket sales this year uh, are much higher. We're exceeding all of our budgets for single ticket sales. And How do you explain that? It's COVID changed people's habits. You know, they look at a they look at a season ticket form, and it has a whole year in front of them, and you have to choose your dates in advance. Yeah. You have to pull out your calendar. You know, seventy percent of our ticket sales occur within seventy two hours of the performance now, which is just terrible from an anxiety point of view and a and a cash flow point of view. But it's it's the new reality in the business across the board. Well, I, it's a side example. I've I've taken out season tickets for. Cal Poly Arts, but yeah. I'm probably not going to do it anymore because each time there's I've bought tickets and then I can't use the tickets. Yeah, so I have to sell them or give them away or try to get a refund. It's it's a real. So I see that yeah. point. It's a it's a real change in perception that's been coming up. I mean, the season ticket model and the choosing your dates a year in advance that's been a system that's been in place for years, but it's been evolving over the last ten years. And all that COVID did was give it a, a firm kick in the behind on its way out. What did you learn from talking to the artistic directors at the, these different Broadway theaters? Well, it was it was nice to commiserate, obviously, and just you know half of the conversation was just you know sharing our woes and you know convincing each other that it's not our fault, which is a, a, a huge part of the emotional journey. Uh, the other part that was interesting is that, you know, post-COVID, it's really put a fire under this need that, that has been a need for decades since the beginning of theater, since the beginning of the arts, to cultivate a younger, new audience. And it's, it's really put it into focus what we need to do at Slow Rep in order to make that happen, especially in the middle of a capital campaign. You know, we need to cultivate young people and make theater accessible and relevant to them. And in the 90 seconds before the news break, how oh how do you do that? That's the million-dollar question. It comes down to accessibility, being re relevant. And, the, I mean, the big part of accessibility is is working within student schedules, realizing that it has to be a last-minute purchase, and that, hopefully, the, the cost of a ticket is not going to exceed the cost of going to an ATM. You know, it has to be less than 20 bucks to get them through the door. Are there young and up-and-coming playwrights? I mean, who's the next David Mamet or Sam there, Shepard? There are a ton. I mean, you can look at the Pulitzer Prize winners for the last 10 years, and... And, um, you know, most of them are under the age of 40. Uh, Larissa Fast Horse, we're doing the Thanksgiving play, which I can talk about later. She's yeah. an up-and-comer. Heidi Schreck is certainly an up-and-comer. So we're trying to trying to choose these plays that are relevant to younger audiences without alienating our, our current audience. And what do you think? We'll see how it goes. You know, we're, we're hanging in there. We've bounced back after COVID. Um, our numbers are steady and they're growing, and, and we know we'll be here for a long time to come. I'm not looking for controversy, my friend, but yeah. you're affected at all by the parking situation? Certainly. Certainly. You know, uh, just like our good friend Jim D at the Palm Theater, yep. you know, we, we had, you know, a lot of our audience comes to see shows on, on uh, Sunday afternoon, and it was, uh, it was, it was difficult for them to to get into the habit of paying for parking and use the new machines. And so what Slow Rep did is we actually contacted all of our patrons, walked them through that process, and helped out as much as possible. But now that Sundays are free again, um, shouldn't be an issue. You should add a Sunday night show. 
<laughs> One thing at a time. <laughs> All right, sir. Uh, Kevin Harris is with us. We're off to California Headline News and ABC Radio News. Craig updates us with time saver traffic and weather together. We'll continue our conversation with Mr. Harris. We're live. We're local. We're hometown. One of the reasons I'm in such a good mood today is that the week, this week is completely booked. We got every, every slot filled, including Friday. We have the mayor of San Luis Obispo, Erica Stewart, is going to come in. Certainly plenty to talk about with the mayor. We are with you weekday afternoons from 3.05 to 7 o'clock. I'm Dave Congleton. And we're in conversation with uh, Kevin Harris for the last 16 years. He has been in charge of Slow Repertory Theater. Actually, when he took over, a Slow Little Theater. Can you believe all the changes you have made? It's been it's been a wild ride. Like I still I still consider myself lucky, so lucky. I mean, I'm in a Royal Grandy boy. Went to AG High School, moved away for years and years, and be able to come back to San Luis and raise my kids on the Central Coast. I'm, my kids, when I got this job, were 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 babies. They were yeah. three and four years old, and now one of them is going off to college. The other one is is eighteen, going to Cuesta, and I mean they're they want nothing to do with me Where in the best the possible way. Where's the time? Where yeah. did they go? Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's the latest on the building? Yeah. Well, as you know, we've been in partnership with the the city of San Luis Obispo for over a decade now as as uh, part of the new cultural arts district in downtown slow it's been something that's been on the 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 plan for uh for downtown for decades and decades you know and um and we finally have a timeline and it's moving forward the uh the the work on the cultural arts district parking garage uh, just had a groundbreaking about a month ago and then as soon as that garage is up slow rep will begin construction of our new beautiful two theater building will more than triple our capacity will be in a purpose of built space as sort of the cornerstone of the new designated cultural arts district of San Luis Obispo. And so we are still absolutely on track for a 2027 opening of this new space. And we hope to become one of the premier destination regional theaters uh, in the entire country. Only three years away. Only three years away. That's going to go up faster than your children. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, sometimes <laughs> when I when I think about three years, I, I know now, having been in this position for 16 years, just how quick, how fast that is, you know, and it'll be here before we know it. But just to be clear, the city is not building the parking structure for the theater. No, no. Let's be clear about that. Absolutely. There has been some misinformation going around in certain PR articles that the... Uh, that this parking structure was built specifically for slow rep. This parking structure, you can look back in the records, it was it was first voted on in 1996, you know, building this parking structure. Uh, the city's been collecting in-lieu fees from developers for this parking structure to activate that part of town for decades. This has been in the works long before uh, slow rep ever was slow rep. 
Hmm. Um, and so the idea of the cultural arts district, you know, the city saw our exponential growth over the last 10 years, saw that we were bringing at our current venue more than 20,000 people a year through our doors. They knew that if, if we have our new theater spaces there, a 200-seat main stage and a 100-seat black box, Slow Rep will bring over 50,000 people a year to the downtown core. And what that means is from Wednesday night to, to Sunday night, and we will have Sunday night shows there, I mean, all the bars and restaurants will be filled up with, uh, with audience members to Slow Rep on almost every calendar day. How cool is that? Yeah, we can't. We absolutely can't wait. And the idea that we'll have some sort of impact on the, you know, the the cultural future of this town. The idea that San Luis Obispo is going to have a designated cultural arts district made up of Slow Rep, the History Center, the museum, uh, the mission, and the Children's Museum is unbelievably exciting to me as 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 an artist and as a resident of of san luis obispo for several years and it, it will do so much to to vitalize our downtown and really really uh make it something special people can donate now to the theater fund absolutely you can uh go on our website and just search slow rep capital campaign or um uh, a new stage, slow rep a new stage, and read all about our capital campaign. Of course, we still are fundraising, uh, but we are absolutely on track. We've raised more than $13 million so far in the last 10 years. And um, um, as anyone involved in the arts knows, that's that's a lot of money for this area, for an arts organization. It is. And we will absolutely have this new building open to the public in 2027. We can't wait. Kevin Harris is with us from Slow Repertory Theater. Let's remind folks, also coming up on the horizon beehive the 60s musical this is a play that we've been excited for uh, about for for the last two years it is uh, a celebration of 60s music and most importantly it features six uh, nationally recognized unbelievable performers three of them are coming in from out of town uh three of them uh are, are within 20 miles uh but just unbelievable music we have a great great band called the heavy cats the heavy cats the heavy cats and they're a local band you've probably seen them uh gigging all around town they are such a tight beautiful gig band and they're coming in we have a wonderful musical director michael wilkins who's going to be band leader and live on stage it'll just be an absolute two-hour rock and roll show live music and some of the best vocalists in celebration of the 60s what's the premise what's the premise it's it's really just kind of a tour through the 60s based on these six different characters who all represent a different aspect of, of of someone navigating that enormous time of change and so we live through the decade from these six different characters while they're singing some of the the most beautiful music from Aretha, from Aretha Franklin to Tina Turner to Janis Joplin to the Ronettes. It's, uh, it's, it's just going to be such a rocking good time, and I encourage everyone to come see it. All live. All live. Yeah. Six live performers, four band, band members every single night. We're going to absolutely blow the roof off that place. How do people get their tickets, Kevin? Easiest way to get tickets, just go to our website, www.slowrep.org. Uh, Beehive will pop right up. Just click on the tickets tab. You can order your tickets instantly online. If you want to call, you can call 786-2440. Family friendly? 
Absolutely. Beehive is absolutely family friendly. And we have a, a, a wonderful family show actually opening up this Friday. And I'd be remiss if I if I didn't mention Please. Sweet Surrender. Now, we have uh, for the last 25 years, we've had something called the Academy of Creative Theater, which is a year round program for young performers. So it started very modestly back in, in, in 1997 um, with just a few after school camps and classes and a few summer camps. Uh, part of our capital campaign was the purchase of a brand new headquarters. Uh, well, brand new for us, I should say. The former home of people's self-help housing on Empleo Street in San Luis Obispo off of South Higuera. Right. And we purchased that as Slow Rep's new headquarters. And so that is the new home of our Academy of Creative Theater. And we've been in that space for two years. And I'm very happy to report that over the last two years, our class offering and enrollment in ACT has more than doubled. We've gone from about 230 students a year to over 500 students this year. And by the time the new theater opens in 2027, we're going to continue to expand. We're already bringing uh, theater classes into classrooms, bringing classrooms to us, because we finally have the space to do it. Before, we were sharing one theater with five different productions that were in rehearsal or performance and ACT classes simultaneously. Now, with our new headquarters, we have four separate classes classrooms, three different rehearsal spaces, all of our offices, storage, workshops, everything under one roof that Slow Rep owns. So leading into Sweet Surrender, from this program, we produce full, fully produced, with all the resources of Slow Rep, youth productions a year. And Sweet Surrender is our next. It has uh, nine, of, nine of the finest young actors uh, you'll see in the area. It opens this Friday. It is a hilarious farce about two divas who accidentally get booked into the same hotel room and chaos ensues. Uh, it's a classic farce. There are about 11 doors on stage. If you walk into Slow Rep right now, it's just a wall of doors, so you know what you're getting into. Uh, but it's been such a treat to see these young actors navigate that specific art form. And it's such a funny show. It's good for the whole family, and it opens up this Friday at 7 p.m. So if I'm a parent and I've got a young person who might be interested, how do I find out more? How do I get my kid enrolled? This is, uh, first of all, if you have an inkling that, that your student might be interested in, in theater classes or drama classes, and they're not just for people who want to be actors when they grow up. I mean, it's been proven that, that, that students who participate in these classes get better grades, have better social skills, learn, learn the process of collaboration and give and take that is so important throughout life, learn public speaking. But if you have an inkling that your student wants to do, do that, come take them see sweets surrender or go onto our website uh, slowrep.org click on education and you will see we have a new uh, slate of classes that are going to be opening up and beginning in february it's a six-week session of classes uh, they're for all age groups all skill levels you can click and see uh see what we have we are in conversation with kevin harris from slow repertory theater talking about the this season and what is happening on happening on the local theater scene. We'll come back for a final segment right here on AM 920 FM 96.5 News Talk KVEC. We are chatting with Kevin Harris, 16 years on the job as a, uh, What's your title? Executive Director? Managing Artistic Man, Director. That's right. I wanted the, one of the longest title possible, yeah. the heaviest business cards. You going to be doing this another 16 years? 
Yeah, what? How you do this job? We'll we'll see. Obviously, when the new theater is open, there's going to be a, a a big transition period there, and you know, um, yeah, I'll be I'll be around for for a while. I mean, can't can't beat this place to live. What would what would you do if you didn't do that? <sighs> open up an arcade. Maybe yeah, they're hiring maybe. a Margaritaville. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh man, I could fill out one of those Hawaiian shirts. I could be there. I could be their elevator repairman. <laughs> where's the, Where's the closest Margaritaville to here? You know, uh, there used to be one on Universal City Walk, which is just the worst of two worlds. You yeah. know, I've um, only been there once. And yeah, it was, it's 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 horrendous. Yeah, the kids, I was there back in the seventies, you know. and then we went back about ten years ago. And it was kind of like, get me out of here. Yeah. It was just... Yeah. The kids and I go there all the time. We just walk around and hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's that's actually the closest one, which is good. I feel safer now. Everyone should. They, he has full resorts, though. Like, real resorts down on Caribbean islands and stuff. He's huge. I couldn't imagine. I have friends who swear by the guy. Yeah. I've always liked his music. Yeah. And he sounded like a nice guy. He had a musical. He, he did. He backed yeah. me, but that didn't one work of, well. One of the worst musicals. I, yeah. I, I've never seen it, but I have a couple of friends who worked <laughs> on it, and they said this thing is a pile of fire garbage. <laughs> I'm glad he didn't get Kevin Harris that Jimmy Buffett CD for yeah. Christmas. Oof. No offense, Jimmy. Oof, oof, oof. All right, nine to five. That's yeah. also on your schedule. Yeah, we're going to be. Is that a musical? That is a musical, okay. and of course, it's based on the movie and uh, has music and lyrics by Dolly Parton. And uh, it, this has been one of the most popular musicals in the nation for the last ten years, and we finally. We're finally in a place at Slow Rep where we can cast it correctly, get the get the most talented people out here and make sure that we do it right. It's just a fun, joyous romp, again, based on the movie. Beautiful music, and it's absolutely hilarious. And we can't wait to finish out our uh, our season with that. That opens on June 7th. June 7th. Yeah. Hmm. Packages. Yeah, we are offering a um a three show flex pla- pass. So we're still we're still trying to push this this subscription model. And what you have to understand about season subscriptions and flex passes it, it helps out a theater and any arts organization because it, it allows us to plan for the entire season. For every show, we're working about eighteen months in advance before opening night in order to cast the show, get the artistic team, go through all the pre pre designs, all the production meetings. And this really helps us plan from a cash flow perspective how much we can spend on a production. And that's why the whole the whole uh the whole archetype of how theaters run and arts organizations run has changed so drastically in the last three years. We're trying to figure out a completely different way of looking at cash flow within the organizations. That being said, we're we're trying to make the uh, the subscription model a little bit easier. So we have something that's called a flex pass. You can go online, choose a three show flex pass, and you don't need to choose your dates or times immediately. But your tickets are there for you. So when you're ready to reserve your tickets. You can log into your account. You have your tickets right there on your account, and you can choose your your dates and times. Oh, like like in your wallet, on your your phone. Right. Your tickets go in your wallet. Exactly. Now, the the downside to that, and I'm being a horrible salesman about it, but a show like Beehive, I know it's Beehive will sell out week two of its six-week run. And nine to five will sell out week three of its five week run. That's just something that will happen because of the nature of the musicals. So if you're holding on to a flex pass ticket and you wait till the last week, 
there aren't going to be any seats available for you. We're not we're not holding seats. But I bought a ticket, Mr. Harris. I have a ticket. Please contact <laughs> Patty Thayer at patty at slowrep.org. <laughs> we try to make it as clear as possible. To, you should you should reserve your tickets uh, as quickly as possible. Is this a new trend? It is. Yeah, I mean, uh, theaters across the country are trying to figure out ways to make it as easy as possible for people to purchase tickets. You know, and whatever that means in terms of scheduling, in terms of price point, in terms of the actual system, the online system to purchase it, you know, everything, everything has been kind of torn apart and we're looking at a better way to do it. Has COVID affected the kinds of plays you're offering? Yeah, yeah, it certainly has. I mean, as you can, as, as, as everyone listening knows, COVID is still out there, yep. you know, uh, I just had COVID right after my trip from New York. I got home, Susie started feeling bad, tested positive. I tested positive the next day, and I was out. Our entire holidays were delayed. Um, fortunately, this is my third time having COVID. And it was third. Third, wow. yeah, mm-hmm. and it was relatively relatively mild, just a couple of days of fever. But, you know, um, that's still a huge consideration for theaters. And, I mean, you can tell that we used to do shows that would have 17 to 25 people in them. We just can't roll the dice like that anymore, especially if we're working with people who might be in school. We can't, we, we don't have the funds to, to have an entire cast of understudies for every single show. And people ask me about understudies all the time. And what you need to realize is if you have an understudy for a particular role, it's not just paying that person. It's, it's paying that person to be at rehearsals, scheduling extra rehearsals for that person to practice with the rest of the cast. So you're paying the other cast members to rehearse with this understudy, it means building another costume for that person. So paying your costume designer more and having more material fees. Um, and so the expenses just just keep piling on. And then you can still see theaters canceling left and right, even when they do have understudies, because if there's a serious outbreak of COVID in a theater company, the understudies are going to get it as well. I mean, it, it just... Well, we saw that with... Um opera slow was it last may yeah with carousel the carousel i had to cancel the whole thing absolutely all it takes is one case and so so the best that we can do is you know keep on top of our our safety precautions um make sure that that we're protecting our artists as much as we possibly can and keep our cast sizes smaller than normal you know, and that's that's the best way that we've figured out over the last few years to combat this. And you don't see that changing in the near future, I imagine. Well, you know, it's all it's already changing from a, a sort of regulatory point of view. There used to be, you know, v- extremely um, rigid requirements as far as you know when you could come back to work, how long you have to wear the mask for, and those are those are loosening up as we can mm-hmm. as you can see, and so. You know, it's it's not going anywhere um, for the next few years. I think it's still going to keep rearing its head every winter. And already this year, you see people starting to live with it as just something that exists, you know, like the flu. But then there are also people older than myself who they're like, that's it. I'm just I'm not going out. Right. And I totally understand that. I mean, my parents are 80 and 81 and I travel down to Royal Grande at least once every two weeks to see them. Because they're not comfortable going out, they have some respiratory issues, they have some 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 um, some illnesses, and so the idea for them to go out, even a trip to the store, 
is is scary for them. Of all the plays you saw in New York, is there one that you would really love to present here at Slow Rep? Certainly, Kimberly Akimbo. I mean, that's that's at the top of our list. What's the I, premise of that? It's it's uh, it's about a character named Kimberly Akimbo who um, has a disease where she ages four times faster than the normal disease. Kind of like that uh, than the normal aging. Kind of like that movie Jack by Francis Ford Coppola. Robin yeah. Williams playing yeah. Jack. Yeah. So she's 16 years old, but she looks like she's 60. So it's about her family, how her family tries to support them. She has a very dysfunctional family, not because of the illness, just because they're inherently dysfunctional. Um, and it's about her relating to these other kids and trying to figure out what it means to actually have a life when you know that you're probably going to die in, in three or four years. Um, it sounds very depressing. Yeah. It's one of the most heartwarming. Yeah, put it top of my list. Yeah, heartwarming and beautiful plays list. I've ever seen. Some of the greatest music. It's uh, written by, obviously, David Lindsay Abrer, wrote the play. And the music is by the same woman who composed the music for Fun Home, uh, which is another another brilliant play. That's one that, as soon as the rights are available, it, you'll certainly see it on our new stages at downtown. And remind me, because mm -hmm. it's been a while since I've seen you, did you ever go see Hamilton? Never made it. COVID, COVID ended that dream. We were supposed to go see it at the Pantages. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. We yeah. were supposed to see it on like March 29th of 2020. Yeah, and that didn't happen. Uh, it was a real mess with Ticketmaster getting the money back because the the tickets were gifted to me. So I just ended up eating the money that I gave this person. Uh, not gifted, but I paid anyway. Yeah. I, I'm still not over that. And then it came out on Disney. And so the kids and I just watched it on Disney like a hundred times. And so the idea uh, of spending, you know, $300 a ticket to go see it when we've already seen, you know, a pretty stellar film production of it, just not going to, not going to do it. It's, uh, it wasn't playing in New York? It was, but. Okay. I've, already, like, I've, I've seen the TV I've show. I've already seen it on Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and those cameras were really close. <laughs> Yeah, I think you'll. I think you'll see it one time. Yeah. Oh, it's. I, yeah, I can't wait. Of course. All right, Kevin. As we start to wrap things up, let's remind folks of we've got uh, Beehive the musical. Mm -hmm. We've got uh, Nine to Five. We have what the Constitution means to me and sweet uh, uh, sweet surrender, which sweet opens surrender. this Thursday. We also have a play called Thanksgiving Play that's nestled right in between what the Constitution needs means to me and nine to five, and and that's what's the Thanksgiving play? It's a story about four teachers who simultaneously they get grant money and they need to put on a um, a Thanksgiving play, uh, a celebration of Thanksgiving, but also honor Native American Heritage Month. And these are four extremely woke teachers trying to do the right thing and not make anybody angry and try to come up with a play that's going to cater to cater to both uh, to both events. How do I get my tickets for any of these shows? Just go to slowrep.org or Google San Luis Obispo Repertory Theater or Slow Rep. Click on the Tickets tab. You can order tickets to any of these shows instantly online, and they'll be delivered to your inbox. Mr. Harris, thank you for stopping by. Appreciate it very much. Final um, thoughts? It's been such a pleasure over the last 16 years, and I know I speak for everyone in the arts community. Um, Every time that we go on, on a very real, every time I, I come here, on a very real level, and really it's all that matters. I mean, you're delightful to hang out with, but uh. if it wasn't making me any money, I probably wouldn't be here. <laughs> you know, I see a bump in ticket sales, so thank you so Good. much for your support Good. of the arts in this community. You're a, you're a godsend, Dave. Thank you, sir. Off we go. News, traffic, weather. Here comes Jeanette Trumpeter.
the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111 911.